Oh, brother. This is it. I take my leave. You fool, you didn't listen. I'm sorry. Lady Sif, get help! Somebody help! Sorry for all I've done. Shh. It's all right. Hold on. I'm sorry. I tried to rule Earth. I'd be lucky to have you. I'm sorry about that thing with the Tesseract. I just couldn't help myself. I know. I'm a trickster. This is so mischievous. Yeah. Sorry about that time I turned you into a frog. It was a wonderful joke. It was indeed hilarious. You are the savior of Asgard. Tell my story. Build a statue for me. We will build a big statue for you. With my helmet on. With the big bendy horns. I will tell father what you did here today. I didn't do it for him. I didn't do it for him. Uh. Oh, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh, love, they don't love you like I love so, you. Oh, this is the first time like I'm realizing that my headphones that I've gotten specifically for this podcast actually have decent bass in them. <laughs> Maybe I should play more bass music in the, in, the, in, the, in the lead up to the podcast to help you out. Maybe test out the range of your headphones. There you go. <laughs> I can't see. Your camera's too shitty. Grados. again. Hi and welcome to the Only Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damian. And this is Douglas. Is this Thursday Douglas or Monday Douglas? No, oh, man. This is podcast Douglas. We like this. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to talk about dumb movies and tell us about how we're wrong. Podcast Woo! World comes in, in two flavors. Sleepy and happy. And this is happy. Those <laughs> <laughs> um, ones like, I need two cups of coffee. To make it through this podcast, <laughs> but we don't record at one o'clock in the morning anymore. <laughs> so. Oh, I remember doing a couple of those podcasts <laughs> yeah. where we finished at like three like in the morning. Three in the morning, yeah. yeah. So we don't do that anymore. So. Um, yeah, I'm cannot, not allowed to do that anymore. I cannot tell you how um, aggravating it is to not do this podcast at Douglas's house anymore. It sucks. I don't like doing this. Well, this is the worst. Cross way. fingers. Yeah. Cross fingers. Well, yeah. And toes. There is a possibility. I mean, <laughs> um, I guess I, sh- I guess we should say this at the top. So like, um, this is this isn't the end of the year podcast, but we are at the end of the year, um, and like I'm going to be traveling for the next couple months. Mm-hmm. Time so traveling. like, we're crossed fingers, hoping to do an end of year podcast together because I'll be in Jamaica. Um, later this week basically and for a month and we'll see what happens um hopefully cross fingers we will actually record in person and damon will get his wish and oh we'll God, be at douglas's place i'm recording a podcast and yes. Do- damon can actually hit me when i say things like <laughs> speed racer is the greatest film of all time yeah that's dumb. um that's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> but also with that adage we will pro- I, I can promise you guys we're not going to be releasing any podcasts 
for the next couple months yeah. outside of like this at the end of the year when, it, yeah. when I eventually get around to editing that podcast that we record in I person. Say, I say you don't edit them. Just put them up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so so that's just like a thing to be aware of for yeah. people listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who like who's like looking at the feed and being like, it's been three weeks, Andrew, where's my episode? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to have to remind me of this. Like in late January, I'm like, what is happening with this podcast? <laughs> uh, Damien, <laughs> we haven't done a podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. But anyways, with that said, let's yes. move on to this week's conversation. And we're going to start talking about the the hit film, the, the, the really big hit of 2021 that uh-huh. brought back cinema. Ridley Scott and his film, The Last Duel. There is only one question that matters. Do you swear on your life that what you say is true? My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. And then was judged and shamed by my country. Says the last duel. Um, it's a story that takes us back into mid- medieval France, and it's a story of three people. Um, it is a story of the knight Jean de Carouge. And in the in the spirit, I feel like this movie is perfect for this podcast because in the spirit of all of the shitty accents in this movie, I will continue to just ruin French to butcher, names. Butcher, yeah, to butcher <laughs> French names. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jean de Carouge, um, played by Matt Damon, his wife Marguerite de Carouge, played by Jodie Cormer, is raped by. Jacques Legree, played by Adam Driver. And the story is surrounding these three individuals. Um, Jacques Legree is a friend of Jean de Grouche, um, who fought side by side in battles together and helped each other, saved each other from death at many times. And then now he turns around and rapes his wife. His wife now accuses, accuses said man of rape. And so Jean de, Jean de Grouche um, decides he wants to settle this through a battle to the death, which he's given permission to do so. So that's literally the end of this movie is the battle to the death. Um, but the movie structure itself is about telling this story from each person's perspective. So it's literally the first version is told by Matt Damon, the second version told by Adam Driver, and then you get the version of the story told by Jodie Comer, um, the, the victim in this whole regard. Um, and I mean, they're, they're subtle. You, you'll see uh, some scenes play out again, subtle differences. But more to the point is that the movie makes a very good point to actually have a lot of different context provided to each person's story. And it pulls a Rashomon where everybody, everybody's story makes each other look like the best version of themselves. Right. So when Matt Damon tells his story, he looks like the greatest husband and knight of all time um, and always standing up for what is just um, when 
when Jacques Legree, when Adam Driver tells his story, he's still a bit of a rogue, but he's like a lovable rogue. He's like a Han Solo kind of dude, right? And he has some fun times. Um, and when Jodie Cormer tells the story, oh boy, it, things get real, right? While at the same time, you also, you get to see how, how depraved her life is, how, how her world is, right? And not just in the way that we could talk about how how women's lives have been forever, but even in medieval times where they're not valued at all, to the point where the 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 complaint that goes to the court isn't he raped someone, it's he raped my wife, i.e. my property. So it's yep. it's the crime is against Jean de Cruge, not against the wife, is what the crime is against. Um kind of shit. Um so yeah. So that's kind of the structure of the movie. And then we, the finale is the actual battle between Adam Driver and uh, Matt Damon, um, which I want to say is a really good fight. I want to say it's a really good scene. And it has a lot of, it has a lot of fun stuff in there for me. It's like just even the crowd shit in that scene I love so much. I love noticing um, as they talk about um, the punishment, because eventually, of course, everything lies on the woman where they say like are you telling the truth and she's like yes i am and they're like i just want to remind you if you're lying this is what will happen to you which many many words murder um <laughs> to the point where like in the la- like like so so like the structure of the finale is that you have the fight but the fight is the decision of the court so if if Matt Damon wins, that means that Adam Driver is a rapist and he's wrong. Mm-hmm. If Matt, if Adam Driver wins, that means Matt Damon and his wife are liars, and that means that the wife needs to be murdered. No. Right. And Matt that's Damon, the proof. Right. Matt right? Damon would have already been murdered, having lost the fight. right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where, like, because of that understanding of like how the punishment goes around in that final fight, they have Jodie Comer sitting on top of a pyre waiting to be lit. Mm-hmm. Like in case should yeah. should Matt Damon lose, yeah, man. which is which I thought was hysterical and like incredible, ridiculous. Like I'm sure there's like a lot of fact in there, but at the same time, I want that to be like the one movie thing where they're like she was like waiting on the side or something where they would have done a separate thing in real life for her. Mm-hmm. But hey, whatever. Um, this movie feels and plays, which is kind of why I led with the clip I did. Feels and plays almost like shitty community theater, right? They got all they got all the actors, but the actors none of them feel right. They feel like they're just guys from down the street who are doing their best Shakespeare impression, right? and then give up halfway. <laughs> and and it's all it's a weird ass thing, which is like not even it's not even a question of whether it's a good or bad choice kind of thing. Like it made me feel almost like I was, I wanted to rewatch the Mel Brooks Robin Hood movie, because then because at least with yeah. that movie like it knows it's a joke and like it can have fun with it. Yeah. But I started to have fun with this movie of just how shitty the pretend Shakespeare is, yeah. and it's hilarious to me. Like I think Adam Driver does relatively well. I love Jodie Comer. Matt Damon, oddly enough, is like the worst one in this movie no. for me. No. <laughs> And here ben lies Affleck my thing. I feel like you're going to pick terrible. up Ben Affleck. I feel like you're going to pick up Ben Affleck. However, uh-huh. I hear you. Yeah. 
but he knew what character he was playing Dog, and he that, had fucking fun. That right? goatee <laughs> should be outlawed. His, was, his, look, fucking... his look and his mannerisms in it. Like, he... Do these characters belong in medieval France? Oh my gosh. No. Oh but my do gosh. they belong in this shitty, crazy, dumb version movie of medieval <laughs> France? Yes, they do. Andrew, Andrew you're <laughs> trying to make this movie sound more fun than it, than it is. And Ridley Scott doesn't make that type. Ridley Scott wouldn't know fun if it slapped him in the face. He was I mean, given he the watched choice. his brother's movies. He, he was he given the fun. choice to Velociraptor or not to Velociraptor and has never chose Velociraptors. <laughs> He's never done it. He can't. And when people ask him questions, he's, t- he's dropping F-bombs and running them out of his face. Like, get on my face. The self-importance. Andrew, if this movie had one joke, I'd go, I agree with you, Andrew. Ben Affleck knows what he's doing. But there is a self-importance. Ben Affleck was the joke. There is a self-importance to this. That it, You know who knew what they were doing? The actual king. Because he was supposed to be this petulant child and you're just like he seems like a real piece of garbage and he acted like a real piece of garbage there's a lot of smirking about stuff he's not supposed to smirk at and when they're holding court he's like half asleep that is good i don't know what ben affleck was doing (laughs) but i do not i i loved ben affleck in this fucking movie Um, him hosting his orgies and just yeah. being like, is it the gold or the silver slipper I should be going with today? Like, yes. I loved him. All right. Um, so, he's... all right. I'll give you one thing. There was an outfit where he had like long gold boots and like a red thing. And I went, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like once you get out of, so like the first chapter is Matt Damon's chapter. Mm-hmm. And because of like the shitty community theater and how bad the accents are, whether it's choice or whatever. And because of how much I just felt like Matt Damon was the one, which I was like, look, I don't think you get it. Like you, you, th- like he thinks he's playing the Loki bit again, where he's like, he's like trying to be Shakespearean, yeah. but shitty at it. And it just, it just irked me horribly. And so like, that whole story played through and I was just like, oh, it's boring. But then when we got to like Adam Driver's story, which included all the Ben Affleck stuff yeah. and had like him just having the swagger mm-hmm. and just doing what he does for fun, that was kind of cool to me. And then, of course, I feel like Jodie Cormo is her story is like the most serious, like dial one, which yes. which like she's I feel she's legitimately great in this movie. She's like. Good. Right. Which is why um, the other people seem so very out of place. <laughs> I think the one that got me, though, if we're talking about weird out of place accents and stuff, it's the mother. Um, yeah. Like the Matt Damon's mother. Like she has a couple lines here and there where she's just talking to Jodie Cover and being like, why are you doing this? Or like, yeah. sure. Or like, like, I feel like at one point she kind of sounds like a modern day New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And she's like, <laughs> like oh. It's. It's so all over the place. I don't know right. who okayed this. Um, but, and then, and then of course you have the fight, which I guess Damon can talk about the fight and give me his, his thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, like no, he'd watch that action scene fight, again. The fight is thumbs right? up. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, the fight was, the fight's pretty good. Um, I can uh, one thing I'd say I'm just generally disappointed in, but I guess it made sense in like the structure of the story is going into this movie, I kind of expected more action. 
I kind of expected more of Gladiator Ridley Scott, mm -hmm. where he had, like, there were a couple scenes where there was, like, a war and stuff, but it very much wasn't the focus of those scenes. So it was, like, a two-second shot and then you move on or whatever. Um, I kind of thought those would be, like, bigger action scenes from the way people talked about, like, Ridley Scott is back into, like, medieval time shit. Um, but I'm kind of sad at that. But then the finale came and, like, gave me some... Gave yeah. me some good stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I am on this movie. It's definitely not the best movie of the year. Like, there are things there are things I truly love about this movie. There are things that I'm like, oh, they, it, choices were made. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with both of you fellas because this movie was, was great. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the way that they use the soundtrack, the way that in all of the jousts, they had um, Queen's We Will Rock You um, yeah. and We Are the Champions. Uh -huh. I mean, Jeffrey Chaucer just running around um, uh -huh. being this, this crazy um, person. Like, uh -huh. come on. I, this thing was amazing. Yeah, um, knights dueling each other. Um, you had, you had a, 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 a peasant becoming a knight. This yeah. is a great story. My only, of, issue, my only issue is that um, where were like having a black royal person for the peasant to lust after that just seems in, inconceivable. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. That seems out of place. Um, but Heath Ledger's performance, I must tell you, is something else in this movie. Um, it really is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a career defining moment. Yeah. I mean, people say that the Joker is his best movie. And it is, but uh, <laughs> I really think his turn as an evil um, king in Gladiator was truly outstanding. <laughs> I mean, just fantastic. Like, Joaquin Phoenix has come along. What are we talking about? <laughs> 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 what I believe um, we're talking about Douglas trying to review a movie that he hasn't watched. <laughs> and using A Knight's Tale and Gladiator yes. as his two points of reference. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yes. You're not far off, except both those movies are fun. And this movie is not fun. Um, here's the thing. Uh, in Green Knight, and it's not this movie's fault it came out the same year as Green Knight, but it kind of is. Uh, Green Knight has the same thing with language where there are people who they both speak in an old-timey way but also speak in a more modern way and they're not really going... They're not trying very hard to like nail a specific accent. People are just there and they talk how they talk. And they do that in this one except uh, Ben Affleck can't be in this movie. Matt Damon can't be in this movie. They're both miscast by a lot. Like, by a lot. Of, they, they aren't transformed into different characters. You just see them and you're like, these two shouldn't be in this movie. And then their accent work is atrocious. It also doesn't help that they only needed to tell one person's story in this. They didn't need to do this as Rashomon. That is honest. The only story that needed to be told was the wife's part of the story. Like, having the other two to try and give context doesn't work because her story 
shows what actual like even if it's not specifically what happened her story covers all all the key points and no none of the stories are in direct conflict to any other like there's no part where you're like oh this is way off he remembers this way differently than anything else and that changes your perspective on all of this um adam driver's character rapes her like even in his version he rapes her <laughs> like that like if i was hoping that in his version like he would have at least some kind of selective memory where he would have gone in i thought it would have stopped at the kiss and then he would pretend like nothing happened after that he left immediately after the kiss but no he ran her down pinned her to a bed and she he in his version she said no like she wasn't loving and whatever like she said no and then then you see her version and it is far worse but it lines up with his version so you're just like what is taking place here like matt damon's portrayal in his version he's just this nice guy but all of the things still happen like he he seems a bit nicer especially when compared to his wife's telling where he seems like a real piece of garbage but his like the things that happen don't change so i didn't i, I didn't see the need for that and the the last dual part is not enough to compensate for for the story and there's no the issue with ridley scott at this point is that there's no style to his movie making it feels it feels academic in a way it feels like someone told him to do a thing and he is just hitting it but he's not trying to add anything to it like there's no flair there's nothing in this movie that you can point to and go that there is why i love ridley scott movies <laughs> It yeah. is just a dry movie. And yeah. I think I think by the time he got to the the um ringgate part of the story, yeah. got a little bit away. <laughs> yeah, it got got away from him. Uh if he had if he had focus on the fact that um Matt Damon and his wife were struggling from the get-go right make that the thing and you see where the the pressures are coming from matt damon's side and the pressures are coming from her side and you see him like outmaneuver her so that she doesn't understand that she will also die if this is unsuccessful like make that the sticking point have that be the central conflict to the movie like have him be determined to fight for his honor and pride and property and whatever and he's willing to go die for this and have her be like yes i accused him but if it means that my son is going to grow up without a father then no and they bring that up 
for like a second in a two and a half hour movie, which is plainly ridiculous. And at least have at the end of this movie, like I thought that because she, they're trying to get pregnant and then she actually gets pregnant around the same time of the incident. And if at the end of the movie, like he was successful and then you find out that the baby clearly isn't his, then that would add some amount of drama to it. But the ending of this movie, like you know who is going to win because really Scott isn't Korean, so he doesn't make that type of movie. Like some, the good people, quote unquote, are going to win. And he does some to model to muddy the water by telling it from different perspectives. But the movie just, for me, isn't successful at doing any of those things. No matter how good the wife's performance is, this movie is just bad. And it was reflected by its box office gross, with it, which I think to date is like $14. I think that's how much money this movie actually made. Um, this movie is just, like, it's not, it's not bad. It's not like, you're not going to come away from this movie being like, boy, this movie is terrible. It's just in no way good. Like, there's nothing special about it. And I'm the more I've seen Ridley Scott movies of late, the more I don't see anything special in his... I don't know if he's just too old and too stubborn to try anything else, but what's the last good Ridley Scott movie? There's the planes, trains, and automobile, automobile ones with Denzel that people thought was good. That movie's terrible. <laughs> um... And I was like, which planes, trains, and automobiles um, movie? He had a movie about a train. Like Denzel I think you're thinking about train. his brother Tony Scott. That was Tony. Scott. That was Tony oh, Scott. Right. That was Tony Scott. Even, all right, so it's been even longer than that. <laughs> yeah. So the last movie that you guys would dub good is The Martian. He directed House of Gucci. Yes, he did. He made House of Gucci this year. I've decided that that's his last, his, <laughs> his most recent good movie. Right. I mean, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But um, neither have I. Yeah. Uh, Father, I'm, son, and House of Gucci. Gucci. Come on. Yeah. Uh, somehow, Carib doesn't have House of Gucci on their upcoming slate. I don't know what happened. It's so weird. They're they're not on the Gaga. He tree. did the Martian. The Martian is really the last yeah. really good movie that he directed. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, and it like none of us just thought of the Martian off the top of our heads, so it's not great. And Andrew loves Ridley Scott, and he could he had to go look for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was like, I was like, all right, I'm going to talk about Body of Lies again. And I'm like, there must be something before that. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Kingdom of Heaven for like the billionth time on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I remember enjoying that movie. Yeah. Kingdom of Heaven is incredible. I don't know about that. I need to rewatch that movie. Oh. I think the, I think I saw the 18 hour version. Like that was the one that everyone's like, "Hey, that's a good one." And I remember watching that. It's not. It's not that there's a bad one. It's ago. that's the bet. That's the even yeah. better one. I remember watching that years ago, but it's been so long. Did that movie come out in like 2003 or something like that? Something like that. A billion yeah. years ago. Um, and then of course ago. before that he made Matchstick Men, your favorite movie of all time, David. Yeah, that movie's trash. 
<laughs> I want to rewatch it. I don't think I've seen that movie since forever. I have, have a DVD if you want. When you come, <laughs> you can take it back out of the bin and I can <laughs> You have anything that plays DVDs by the back? I have a PS a disc PS5. Does that co- <laughs> does it will it play a DVD? I've not put a I've Who not knows? put an actual disc in it since I've owned that thing. Who knows? Is the, is the answer um, to that question? Oh, but yeah. Uh, the last duel, not good. Last duel, quite good. Mm-hmm. And D- Douglas, where do you fall in this? You're like, you're like the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. Most certainly. Yeah, man. Cool. Right. A Night's Tale is a tremendous <laughs> movie. <laughs> oh, is it moving good? along? Probably not. Do I love it? A hundred percent. Does it have Ben Affleck in it? Then it's not does it have this Ben Affleck in it, so it's not as good as it can he be. He would fit in a night. This Ben Affleck would definitely fit in a night's tale. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every character from this movie would fit into a night's tale. No. <laughs> like if, if we took if we took if we took Adam Driver and just dropped yeah. him into the night, the, like his story's version of himself. The wife right? wouldn't fit in a night's tale. No. She, yeah, that's not what that movie's about. <laughs> We can put the wife's father in there. Yeah. That mm. beard. Oh, there are some spectacular birds. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. One day. One day. This movie is definitely not as good as I was hoping it to be, but I was not entirely upset at this movie the way David is. So, you I'm know, not upset feel however you feel about it's it. It's mediocre. <laughs> so, moving along to our next film to talk about today, and that mm-hmm. is the next greatest film of 2021, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. Decent people. Supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson. So the film, as described in that trailer, is about a magazine. A magazine run by... I've forgotten the character name anymore. Run by Bill Murray. Bill Murray is the character's name. (laughs) Right? Um, And as such, the, 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 the... form of the film takes in being short stories as if you're reading this magazine that bill murray has put together um so there are three short stories in this film one is the concrete painting um which includes benicio del toro in prison as a as an artist um the other which i've forgotten the name about is the one with timothy chamelet where he is the timothy the, the chess playing rebel revolutionist right? revolutionist um, and then the final with um, Jeffrey. Oh, why have I forgot? Jeffrey Wright. Yep. Um, I was going to say Jeffrey Morgan. I'm like, that's the wrong name, Andrew. That's the wrong Not Jeffrey. The name. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, um, in which he tells a story of the of the chef who cooks police food, right? Right. Um, I'm I'm going to Nescafe is the name of the chef. Um, played by Stephen Park. Played by Steve Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the three short stories. There's also a primer at the beginning of it with Owen Wilson, where he takes you into the town of Etienne. I think is where it's supposed to be. Ennui. Ennui. I'm. I'm just putting in football names. Yeah, <laughs> right. They were in Monaco. <laughs> then they went to Paris Saint Germain. 
Um, so yeah, short stories, which is, I think, one of our favorite things to deal with because we, we it's not just about us talking about do we like this movie, it's what's our favorite short story, which is, I think, like the greatest thing for us to do in this. Mm-hmm. Douglas, you've only seen one and a half or two of these stories. Did I have finished seen, the second story. I haven't finished the second mm-hmm. big story, so I'm currently in the middle of the um, Timothy Chamele. Shaman. No, you've you've made me mess mess up his name, <laughs> Timothee Chalamet um, story. Uh, but I will say this: I adore this movie so far. Um, I am upset that this man can continue to simply um, churn out pretentious, uh, obtuse, uh, nonsensical things and still make me love them right like his are sense... his movies pretentious not anymore they're just fun <laughs> this one is definitely i mean like no. just the way that it's presented yeah so so that i, I get, but the stories no oh yeah yeah, yeah. Just... the story they're, they're not like yeah. like at this, sta- like at this stage he has characters yeah. that seem pretentious but the yeah. joke is on them most exactly of the time, yeah, right? yeah exactly but like that that's the thing right he has such a, a great sense of humor um and a lot of that sense of humor actually um it's kind of like how me and damien operate right where the joke is actually not ever in the story the joke is how it's presented or, or, or something like that. Simple things like I almost died laughing at there is a section in Benicio's story where um, uh, they are he having a... What? Is it the section where he grows up? No, no, no. But that one is close to <laughs> um, <laughs> it. They're having a, a, like a, an uh, art viewing right Mm -hmm. within the prison and they've had to bribe all sorts of people and the prisoners have come uh, to say hey i noticed you bribed all of the officers but what about us right and they are literally um all of them at the front at the door to whatever room they're in to say hey it's time for us to get some money the man says absolutely not and he turns to benicio and this is adrian brody by the way adrian brody says benicio what should i do Benicia says, obviously, shut the door, yeah. lock it so they can't get in. He shuts the door and immediately they all ram through the window. And it is just like, it's so stupid, but it's perfect. And I was laughing like for days. Um, the, the way also, I mean, and it's, it's frustrating how he puts, presents these silly stories all the while in this extremely art house, artsy and beautiful um, way, right? So, and, and he, what he does is he keeps, like with every movie, he pushes the boundaries further of what he can do and it still be just a regular old film, right? So, so this movie, um, he continues to play around with aspect ratio he goes even further into, um, I think he's done it before, but no, it's almost like every five seconds, the movie changes from black and white to color and back to black and white again. And the way that he does it um, kind of shows a focus on something for whatever reason. And just the way that he, he, he skillfully 
melds all of those aspects of filmmaking that are actually quite technically great um, into something that is uh, at its core the silliest fucking thing you will ever see. That like that balance that he he has between uh, this thing that is probably truly art house and truly like just sensationally good in terms of the 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 art of it the 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 craft behind it and just the silliest stories or the silliest presentations of serious stories or whatever you want to call it um melded together to make this thing that still feels silly right it doesn't feel like an art house film it doesn't but it kind of is um it just feels like some sort of silly comedy. It almost feels like, you know, it's funny that this movie is called The French Dispatch because I thought to myself, this feels like paperback jellyfish, you know? This feels like some, clearly not exactly that, but some version of that, some in, in like, spirit, you know? It's, it's, it's paying homage to that kind of... It, this movie, and I know I haven't seen all of it, so maybe Damon and Andrew will tell me that the back half completely ruins everything for me. But this movie is amazing. I continue to be blown away by how much I love this man's art and cannot wait to see more of it. Um, but yeah, folks. The only thing that will upset you about this movie is that you haven't seen the best story yet. Right? Um, I am... Um, head over heels in love with the final story in this movie of Jeffrey Wright and the whole police cooking bit. Because, I mean, if, if, if I explain it to you that someone is writing a story on someone who has perfected the needs of a police cook, right, who is, like, how to be a stakeout cook. They're like, this is the type of food you need. It must be soft. It can't be hard because you can't have people hear you eating the food because you're staking out and they must be protein heavy and all these things but also just the way as you talk about the way that um he writes and creates and has his characters the the way in which all of these things flow they feel great and i i truly love this movie i feel i feel like the only part where i'd start to talk ill of this movie is, is if we start to talk about rankings where we're like all right where is this now your new favorite wes anderson movie it isn't right not yet. Um, but I enjoyed a good ton of this movie. Like, I really love... Like, you talk about the, the concrete. You, you talk about that, that shot with, the, with them breaking in the window. The part that got me of that shot isn't the breaking part. It's the part where now the camera pans to a still room. <laughs> and, and it's clear that actually they were... It wasn't like a still shot. They were actually posing um, yeah. for it, and, and the camera was moving. So you could kind of see, like, every once in a while, Adrian Brody would flinch, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, oh, he is actually, like, standing there still. Yeah. Can you imagine how silly you feel doing that? I, I mean, I suppose this is the, yeah. this is by a the, part of their job. And, yeah, and that's, by the time you get that's, to this shot, but, no. <laughs> you'd have realized that Wes Anderson made this. You'd have done so many silly things. That this would be the least of your concern. I mean, I mean, it's not even to see people flinching, but to see like they'll have a guy who I guess he shot a gun or something, and to portray this in a still shot, they have like obviously made like a foam thing that he's holding up mm-hmm. to show that he it's in action that yeah. while they're doing this yeah. still pan. 
and but speaking of foam things right you know what yeah. i really love about this movie too is the production of it and i will hark back to a man that i haven't spoken about in a long time probably because he hasn't done much that we have seen in a long time um and i and, and we could also talk about paper bag jellyfish because it's a similar sort of situation there but michelle gondry one of the things that i used to love about michelle gondry um in particular the science of sleep is the way that the the set the what we saw presented in front of us was so um it almost felt like a better version of a play put on by high schoolers and that's kind of what you saw in in particular the a scene that 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 jumps out at me is when Owen Wilson's story was was coming was was on yeah. and he was riding through the town and it was clear that what was happening was the bus behind him that he was holding on to uh was just cardboard right yeah. but somehow they had the wheels turning which was kind of cool and they had like a whole scenery going by him and eventually they did something that that allowed him and his bicycle to to kind of lean forward and, and come out of the yeah. come out of the shot and like just just doing things like that that were so like let's call it sweeted right um but also looked really fun and colorful and creative and he, awesome it's, it's he's honed fun. his style over <laughs> yeah. the years and in ways he's upped his game and i'm still i'm still looking forward to like his next level up Right, because I feel like he had like a huge level up when he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, where he figured out like how to do things like in stop motion, and then you can see how that translates to like his next live action when we look at Grand Budapest. Um, and now he's like continuing to do that thing, and I'm looking forward to seeing what his next step is. Um, but like the 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 movie is is a fun romp of Wes Andersonness. Um, my only complaint, I didn't really love the Chamolet story that much. Um, like I thought it was fine. I, it's it's okay, but yeah, that police cooking. That's that's where this movie shines for me. Um, but yeah, I I don't know how much more we want to talk on this, Damien. Hi. Where's where? Wh- what's your favorite story? Tell um, me Chamolet so that we can have our fights. No, there's no Chamolet. My favorite <laughs> is the concrete one. Oh, um, that's that's a really good one. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, I obviously don't have the third one as context, but so, I really I love Benicio in that. Just yeah, the, him him growling at people. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> and 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 Leo Sedu, I think that's her name as the as yeah, the guard. Yeah, Leo Sedu. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, what's her face as the narrator throughout his um, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love like every once in a while she says something like. And we knew he was a, a crazy man because the last time I went to see him, yeah, he, and he she just describes the ho- most yeah. horrible like rape attempt ever. And yeah. she's just like, yeah, but you know, he's, he's an artist. Yeah, like, he's crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I still don't like Royal Tenenbaums or Life Aquatic. Because those are two insanely <laughs> pretentious movies. Um, Darjeeling was the first one where I'm like, I think I can see where this is going. I kind of mm. like this one. Wow, that's fun. And that's, that's, like one, Andrew's, and that's the one, that's where the one where Andrew like, hates the most. Yeah. 
and and yeah, and, and of course you you saw my reaction which which kind of makes me realize that that life aquatic is probably if not my favorite yeah. one of them right um but once he got to as andrew said fantastic mr fox that is where everything changed because fantastic mr fox was the first one where i was just like top to bottom no notes let's do this again and then he made moonrise kingdom which for me is better than fantastic mr fox uh, then he made uh, Grand Budapest, which that one didn't hit as hard, but I still enjoyed it. Then he did I Love Dogs, and I lost my mind. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm on board. Like, I liked all of his movies since Fantastic Mr. Fox so much that I have thought about going back and watching all of the first four just to see if I can know... A- appreciate what he was doing then but it's clear he's gotten better at the things he's doing as he's made more movies and the french dispatch is just it is all of wes anderson in a movie like it is what he was put on this earth to make it is this movie and movies like this and only he makes these types of movies like you see it even if no one told you like who made this movie? It'd be like Wes Anderson. <laughs> Even if you'd never seen a Wes Anderson movie before, you're like, Wes Anderson made this movie. <laughs> um, all of this is, it's, it's fantastic. It's an amazing movie, and I enjoyed every bit of it. The Chamele one is the weakest one, but it kind of doesn't matter because there's so many parts in that Chamele one that makes me smile over, like, there's a point where he climbs a tower towards the end of his movie and a thing happens and only Wes Anderson could get away with concluding um, a story like that in that man. Like, he's the only one that gets to do it. Nobody else will get to wake up in the morning and take enough cocaine to get here. Like, his mind is just, it just works differently. And it is a joy to watch his movies. Because no matter what the subject matter is, he's been so playful the entire time that you it is very easy to compartmentalize the actual story from the fun romp that he is um, trying to create. And I think he didn't really get that balance right in his earlier stuff. But I'm definitely going to go back and watch those um but ever since like he's now batting a thousand for me uh andrew will go see anything ridley scott makes he's a crazy person anything wes anderson puts out <laughs> watch. Um, i just i just realized i don't think i've watched moonrise kingdom since it came out oh my god i love that movie it's so silly what a like silly. every time there's a criterion sale i'm like i should buy that one i miss yeah. i'm missing that one in my like wes anderson log of movies yeah, i absolutely adore moonrise kingdom and i'm not sure if i i own that one i own most of his movies uh but that one is definitely one i'm willing to go back and i should go back but at the time, it definitely hit me l- less than the others, right? I remember watching it and being like, eh, it's fine. You know, one of the things I do love watching Wes Anderson films, because he has this crew of actors that he just calls on, and he makes these ensemble movies. But 
one of the things I love whenever there's a new Wes Anderson is picking out like which actor I'm just so happy to see being quote unquote added to the crew and I hope mm-hmm. gets to come back. And for me, it's Jeffrey Wright, this run, this run around. Um, yeah. Like, he's incredible. Like, even in small things, like, I think Willem Dafoe is back in this movie for, like, yes. a small bit. And, like, he just works. There's, there is a piece where... Um, I don't think there's an actual actor for him because it's just an animation. There's, like, a wrestler dude. I yeah. don't think he's a real person in this movie. Um, but, yeah... This movie is just filled with characters. And I, that's the one thing I truly love about Wes Anderson films is that these people are just characters and they are the funnest version of those characters. And they, they're just incredible. They're, they're characters who you feel you could drop into any movie and they'd be weird and out of place. But they're all just kind of like, yeah, that makes sense here. And I love them for that. Um, but yeah. yeah it's Jeffrey Wright, keep being in these movies. It's a weird, silly movie, and I absolutely adore it. And the hope is that he keeps... <laughs> uh, he just keeps on being weird. Um, and that the magic that he sprinkles on these movies never wear off. Uh, um, All right, not much more to say on Wes Anderson. Oh, oh, oh everyone should go watch I Love Dogs. <laughs> I should try that movie again. Seconded. That movie yeah. is the best. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's Grand like Budapest is his best work. There's no way. Well, I don't know about. Mm, I do no love Grand Budapest. What yeah. do I really think is his best? I love Life Aquatic, though. I should go back and watch that one again. I don't think I've seen that since forever. Um, but yeah. Um, moving along yes. into what we've been watching, I have a I have a full Netflix slate to ah. talk about on wow. this podcast. You've made terrible decisions, I see. Possibly. Um, so the first thing which I won't talk too much about, um, which came up on Netflix, which included the name of one Mr. David Fincher, but really isn't. Um, it's Vor Vior V O I R Voyer. Like Noir, I assume it's French. So, voix, voix, right? <laughs> um, which you know is hilarious to me to watch because it's something I like because I watch all of this shit on YouTube. But it's hilarious to me to see Netflix try and take YouTube's money by basically mm-hmm. getting all of the really cool film people to make video essays for Netflix, right? So, like, there's a new Tony Zhao video essay about Korean revenging in this series of videos. Um, there's a video by Walter Chaw talking about 48 hours in this in this series and like I, I blazed through them like in an afternoon and I, I enjoyed them but I can't wait to hear the official Netflix podcast get announced and they get like the Slash Film guys who I, I think are no longer doing Slash Film I think they're, they spawned off of the website um, do a podcast for Netflix because Netflix just wants to take all of the film the film internet money that isn't being monetized right now really well. So, you know, but overall, I did actually enjoy all of the videos in here for the movie. Like, Walter Charles was my favorite, talking about 48 Hours. as a movie that I don't really have strong feelings on, um, 48 Hours. It's a, I don't think I've seen it since maybe I was like a teenager and I should probably watch it again. Yeah, I don't know that I've watched it through and through. This is Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, right? And Eddie Murphy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, there's there's that. Go and watch those. If you're if you're in, if you're a person who like is on YouTube and watching video essay people, you'll like what's in there. Um, and it makes me once again go. I miss hearing Tony Zhao talk about movies. Um, but yeah, the the next thing on my list is a movie that definitively I assume neither of you have watched or have any interest in ever watching. Um, tick tick boom, or should I say tick tick boom, which is the latest the latest musical on Netflix directed by one Mr. Lil Rando. Um, Starring Andrew Garfield. <laughs> the Spider-Mans. Right, yep, one of the Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a story of, I'm trying to remember the man's name because I am a terrible human Rent being. is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Larson, um, who is the guy who wrote and directed the show for Rent, the, the actual Broadway musical. He, he died shortly after the, the show premiered on Broadway. And it's a story of him... I guess writing not specifically rent, but like realizing and forcing himself to become a, a, a writer and actually finishing some work and doing and his creative nature. And it's all based on a story. I actually think I actually think this movie opens the best way for Douglas as someone who hates movies that start with quote based on a true story or this this was real. It opens with something similar to that, and then it says. Every, it's it's like everything in this movie is true except for the parts Jonathan made up, right? Which I think is just like the greatest dumb thing to put in front of a based on a true story movie for someone like Douglas. Um, I really like this movie. Um, it's a like I'm starting I'm starting to respect Andrew Garfield more and more. Like I feel like he's not. Oh, he's great. I don't think that we should have ever disrespected Andrew Garfield. Like, like Andrew Garfield is fantastic. Like I don't know if he's specifically a great actor in the sense of what we consider great actors to be, like like um, Anthony Hopkins and. But I love whenever I see Andrew Garfield on the screen. I know I will probably have myself a time. You know, but but the thing about Andrew Garfield for me is that yes, but at the same time he he feels almost like a weird character actor guy who had sort of got to be a star like when he did like Spider Man and shit, um, and then he sort of just kind of like you you forget about him like he's not really he doesn't really leave a lasting imprint too often for me, um, like obviously like people love to talk about his performance in the Social Network which was great. And I'm sure there are like two or three other movies I can like scroll down into IMDb and pick out. But at the same time, like he never really stuck on me to be like he's a great actor. Like he's a guy who's in things to me. <laughs> right? um, and it's not that I have anything against him. He's just kind of a guy. Um, but like, yeah, Tick Tick Boom is really, really good. And I, it has some really cool songs in it. And I really love the way that. Um, l- Lil Rando, Lin Manuel Miranda, um, kind of shapes the whole story together because it's like a mixture of him like telling the story on stage to then flashing back to like scenes of him going through what he's expressing, which like is like breaking between the song and like the narrative of like just drama movies, um, and it it works. I really really like it. So um, I'm actually looking through his IMDb page. He hasn't actually been in a lot of movies or a lot of things. But um, I realize now why I probably like him. 
is because, and this would have been the first time that I noticed him, he was in a British show by the name of Red Riding that I loved at the time. I cannot remember anything about it really other than he was some sort of uh, investigat- investigat- investigative journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember investigating people losing murders. their mind for that show at the time and I never watched it. <laughs> this was in 2009, so yeah. Yeah. I should watch um, it again. I remember loving but, it. But yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom. Good movie. Um, that will probably never be talked about on this podcast ever again because you people hate joy. Um, <laughs> it does, I have to say. I mean, I, I probably will eventually try it because Lin-Manuel Miranda is great. Did He, he didn't write the music. How, how did this... Is this a pre-existing thing that he just directed or did he have anything it's, to do It's with a pre-existing it? show. This is actually a okay. show that Jonathan Larson made. I'm yeah. sure... Randa did some work on it. Oh, I should say, one of my favorite dumb things in this movie, Bradley Whitford plays Stephen Sondheim in this movie. Um, I know who Sondheim is. I don't know who Whitford, or at least the name. Bradley Whitford is that guy from (laughs) Get Out who voted for Obama eight times. That guy from... uh, no, the the father in Get Out who the father. said he okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, who so, said he so would have because voted because you specified again. that, I'm like I don't remember who <laughs> voted for, but the father I remember who right. that is. Okay, I know who that he is. Was he's, in, he's he was also in. in um, yeah, he's in. He's a that guy. Right? Yeah, he's yeah, in like yeah, a yeah. billion. I do. Things. I do actually like him a lot. Now that you you've identified who that is, yes, I like him a lot. Um, um, but yeah, I'll probably watch it. Um, but I will say, I was excited to watch it before because of Linwell. Lin-Manuel Miranda's name I watched the trailer and was no longer excited to watch this movie this trailer is horrible you don't like joy that's all <laughs> I'm fine with that I understand I understand there are things in this world that I can only share with myself right um, I used to think it was anime then Damien watched My Hero Academia and said I can talk to him about anime again um, but yeah um, it's really a spy family Spy Family. When that comes out, Damien will lose his mind. Um, that is correct. The The last movie I want to talk about, to continue on this Netflix rant, um, is the latest film from one Miss Jane Campion. Um, the Power of the Dog, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Cody Smith-McPhee, um, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and probably a few other names that I'm not mentioning right now. This movie is incredible. It's... It's fascinating to me because, like, I think I've only seen one other Jane Campion film, The Piano. Um, I don't really have much of an impression of her as a director other than I really liked that movie, The Piano. Um, This movie, to me, it reminds me a lot of, like, Paul Thomas Anderson movies, to be quite honest. Like, it feels very, like, it's, it's a very serious movie. But at the same time, like, there is sincere humor in just the way characters swagger throughout this movie. Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible. Jesse Plemons just being like the second half to Cumberbatch, being his brother running this this farm, this um, stable of like cows, cows, cattle, herd, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> and the the people who come in and walk in and out of this story, like it's it was a a really great engaging two hours like drama of like this whole thing and Benedict Cumberbatch is like we want to call him Doctor Strange he's now 
the power of the dog in my mind. He's now that guy and he's so good at it. And now all I need is for Damien's official sign-off to say, is this a crying movie or a Western, as I hope he's watched it <laughs> in the time between when I mentioned it in the chat and now. Uh, um, it, it is unfortunate, but this movie is a crying movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a Western. <laughs> it may have been um, set in Western times, but this is a crying movie. How dare you accuse Benedict of crying? So he what you're saying is that this movie is... Um, if it's a crying movie, it's just like The Last Call. First Call? Whatever the fuck that movie is called. Did that intentionally <laughs> to upset me on that movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the cold foot? Um, no, guys, you should watch this movie. It's, I mean, oh, yeah, I definitely to. will. Yeah, I definitely you're going will. to. It's incredible. Yeah. But um, it is not a, a Western. It is not. They have on... Old timey clothes, uh, but no one, no one is out here doing the proper kind of revenging. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, the end of that movie, yeah, was yeah, but that is not the the movie's sole aim, from start to finish. Is you want to see a western? Um, Andrew's like boyfriend with the blam blams, right? Andrew's boyfriend <laughs> is in a western ass western. <laughs> <laughs> but this. Netflix gave us two sides of the Western all in one go. Here's the right. Here's the lightning problem. with the blam blams uh, and like the drama. Netflix now has made too many decent movies. <laughs> Have they countered it with some of the worst dross I've ever laid eyes on? Like Red Notice, yes. But usually that is just standard for Steve and his company. But if Steve keeps buying these good movies, I'm going to have to like, n- like look at more of his movies, and that is not what I'm out here. Yeah, it's to gonna do. get you just upset because the ratio. There's no yeah. way they've gotten the ratio right. There's no. You know. <laughs> I mean, even this year they haven't. They've gotten two out of fourteen million right. So it's not like the ratio is working. <laughs> uh, but before you could just go, oh, it's a Netflix movie. I don't have to watch this. Um, like the one that Chris Hemsworth was in that's apparently their biggest movie <laughs> of all time like there's no nothing on earth is going to happen and I'm going to lay eyes on that movie it's not what's it called Extraction I think Extraction I think that's the name yeah. I never watched it no one <laughs> I don't know how Netflix got those numbers but no one ever no one will admit to watching that movie so I don't know and I much. like I like recently there was a big thing I think probably at like Netflix's big mm-hmm big showing of right. Tudum or whatever the shit they call it, um, where they announced that they're going to start sharing numbers yeah. with people. And like all of these websites that generally would do a lot of TV coverage to talk about how, what viewership is going where and what yeah. they start, like they used to complain about like when things are going streaming, they're like, we have no more numbers to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like they're not really, Disney isn't telling us they'll randomly say like we earned $5 million this year. But they're not. We don't know where that money went. Right. Does it count towards Mandalorian money? Does it count towards the fact that mm-hmm. you can all watch the Snow White on repeat, right? right. Um, and Netflix recently announced that they're like releasing numbers, and people are talking a lot about numbers. I saw some Twitter threads talking about like Red Notice's numbers and how it compares to like other things Netflix has released. 
um, and you know, in just generally enjoying reading stats about viewerships and popularity of things, yeah. the same way we would talk about box office box numbers, office, yeah. because I find it, I find it as much as I will always come to this podcast and be like, guys, we should all talk about Paul Thomas Anderson and Ridley Scott movies, mm-hmm. which don't make any money. Um, like it's still interesting to know how some things are just molded and or become yeah. popular randomly. <laughs> I, I like having eyes on things that, even if it's not for me, like it gives me a sense of where um, movies might be going. And sometimes there's like false flags, like Crazy Rich Asians came out and everybody's like, all right, now is the time. We're going to have a lot of Hong Kong fui in Hollywood. And it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly did not happen. And Black Panther was supposed to herald um, the age of black superheroes all up and, and it, again that did not happen um and like every now and again there's a spike for something that is out of the blue and you like that and we also like knowing that movies that we love that we think are small reach a wider audience like true grit made so much money Ooh. and we're just like wait how because no one should have been watching this. <laughs> um, but then everyone everyone watches it and you're just like, all right, great. Suddenly um, everyone is right again. Yeah. We're all together. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you, you like to know that, um, you know, you want to see what's driving like these films. Because when these Transformer movies were coming out, we were like, boy, these Transformer movies are bad. But I guess children keep watching them. And when those catching fire movies, like the young teen dystopia genre we thought was going to live on forever. And that died out <laughs> terribly. A terrible, Why? terrible day. Oh, and talking about Netflix numbers and a follow-up to like the last couple podcasts we've been doing, Cowboy Bebop's been cancelled. Yeah. So all our hopes of being like, look, I didn't really like this show. But, you know, I can kind of see myself watching a season two where, like, they'll make episodes that weren't part Mm -hmm. of the original show and we can just watch these Jet Faye and Spike be dumb together. Nope, not happening. Show's been cancelled. Apparently, the streaming numbers were not good. Because who... Let's be honest. Who did that TV show appeal to? People who grew up watching Cowboy Bebop. Who know the anime is better. And... Uh, after you watch one episode and you do what Andrew did and it's just like, fuck this, I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> then if the people who this is targeted for didn't like it, then it has no shot with a white But then again, that Sonic movie that we mm. thought was going to be a disaster, they're planning to make like eight more of those movies. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, children love it. Yeah, and then Disney has somehow um, bought its way to all of the most popular properties on the, the popular evergreen properties of, of all time. Because if tomorrow they're like, hey, um, uh, like some Korean director is in charge of making Star Wars Episode 10. Like all you Star Wars people are going to lose your minds. <laughs> You're just going to be like, oh, none of the people who made the bad one is still there? Including the man that started all of this. He's also in the bad one. Uh, just as long as none of the people involved with Star Wars is involved. 
but we kind of want it to still be Star Wars. So can it have all of the same exact things we pretend we didn't like in all of the newer ones? We still want to see that, but we don't want it to be bad. They're like, hey, if you want it to be good, you have to throw out all your pew pew nonsense. Like, no, we want the same planets, ships, storylines, everything. Just make it good this time. Hey, guys, maybe it was always bad. You shut your face. You shut your face. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what I've been watching. Lots of Netflix shit. Um, All right. I'll be quick because I know Douglas will also be quick. Um, I watch The Witcherer. Uh, did you watch the first season on Witcher? Henry Cavill is in the second season. So you'll continue. The reason you watch the first one is for the bard and staring at Henry Cavill. Both those things are still in the second one. Uh, so get ready to hear a lot of Scandinavian words and pretend you care about this story when you, you're just here to look at Yennefer, stare at Henry Cavill and listen to a couple songs. And they've done it. They have done it. Um, I've been watching The Expanse, but that's for a later date uh, when we'll take over this podcast once and for all. Um, I've seen the Spider-Man's. Uh, it, have you guys watched any Marvel movie at any point? Okay, cool. Um, if you have, They've made one more of them. And so if you've been following the TV series for the last 15 years or however long they've been making since Iron Man came out, uh, they've gotten terrifyingly good at making these movies. (laughs) Um, Be exactly the same type of movie. Like they're just turning out these movies. And you pray that Taika can come and do something special with the formula. Um, but they're just hammering home the formula and and using your nostalgia against you. And it is effective. It is very effective. Um, this movie is a good one of those Marvel movies. And I foresee a lot of people really, really enjoying themselves. Uh, with this one and it goes there's no they do not drag their feet with this one they have a story to tell and they are burning through that story <laughs> um in in all the times they'd have split this movie into two but they have they're not they have more stories to tell another time so they can't do that with this one so they're just gunning they're gunning through this um, and it's fun and talking about marvel things i'm dying for the last episode of hawkeye oh yeah this week there's, is the last there's episode. only one left yeah there's huh. only one left okay really wow yeah, okay right i've been watching that as well um i'm caught up on that um i haven't heard any of you guys say anything about succession why is that so i actually put in the spreadsheet um mm-hmm. a question of are we going to talk about succession yeah, I saw that. But Andrew yeah. didn't 
say anything about succession. I, I haven't I looked know. I didn't look at the spreadsheet. I didn't yeah. see this. Um, I, I, we can I talk think, about succession. I, I, I think mean, we I, probably I should. Seen, <laughs> I haven't seen succession because it's I, I really show. love that finale so fucking much. <laughs> um, like like the series for me, like season three, like the first like four episodes, I was like, oh nothing's really happening. And then like the back half of that season was just perfection to me. So I, I I may not disagree with Andrew. <laughs> you may not agree or disagree. I may not disagree with Andrew. Okay. I, I may perhaps be in a little bit of agreement with Andrew. Okay. I was very upset because a lot of the, the episodes this year have been bad. Now um it the thing about succession is that it's a comedy, but it's not a comedy. And the article on um, Jeremy Strong lately... Which I still haven't read. <laughs> kind of uh, highlights that. Um, and the, the person who wrote that article perhaps didn't like Jeremy Strong for one reason or the other. So, so it wasn't particularly um, flattering <laughs> of him. But in a way, there are there are some truths in that that like almost permeate into what this show is which is they go so hard at like the comedy is so deep in this move in this show that sometimes if you watch it wrong you'll be like oh so this is just a show about the thing that is placed in front of me rather than the the dark searing whatever it is comedy um parody that it is and i feel like they lost that in the the first like 75 percent of the season but yeah it it kind of i feel like it got good at the end <laughs> like the thing about this show is you're right douglas like it's one of these comedies where for some reason like we talk about say wes anderson where the joke is on the pretentiousness, but Wes Anderson presenting that movie to you understands that as well. So much so that he, and he wants to make you, the viewer, understand it so that you don't feel alienated by it. So it's presented in a manner where the characters in there don't see the humor, but they definitely play it humorously enough that you're like, okay, we are all in agreement. Um, with Succession the camera doesn't play it as a joke most times. Yeah. And you have to you have to just know mm-hmm. that the man making this show knows that these are monsters and that they, they will they will put them in situations that you can detach yourself from and you can laugh at them being dicks to each other and monsters to each other and bad shit. Right? But and and let me make this clear. As someone who, who knows this show is made by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell, I mean, Adam McKay, as much as I loved their collaborations for their first few stuff in film with doing like the Talladega Nights and stuff like that, like when Adam McKay finally turned to doing Vice sort of movies, which is kind of where this movie, which is kind of strange because that's where the show is kind of leaning towards. Like, I started to think, is Adam McKay good or is he just kind of lucky that he had Will Ferrell to be ridiculous in his movies? Um, but, like, Succession just hits, right? It, like, and maybe Jeremy Strong, it, like, from what I've heard about this article, 
Jeremy Strong is just playing so method that he doesn't see the humor in it. Like he's just playing, he's just doing the um. Why am I forgetting his name? Guy in all the pizza in Daniel Day Lewis. Dan, he's doing the Daniel Day Lewis thing where he's like, only call me by my character name on set, and I am, I am depressed and sad and going through. But you watching the show, you know that there is humor in like all of this darkness going on. There's also lots of sadness in there, right? <laughs> Which you can also feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this show is special as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the way the writer portrays it, he doesn't see the comedy in it. And I don't know whether that's that's true or not true, right? Because um, there is a As quote. in the writer doesn't see the comedy in the show? No, no, no. The writer, Jeremy Strong doesn't Jeremy see Jeremy Strong. Jeremy right. Strong. So the writer pu- puts forward the position that Jeremy Strong is like, no, no, no. This is like a 100% serious thing. And I don't know how true that is or not true because there is a quote where he asks him about the, you know, is it is it a comedy or something like that? And Jeremy Strong responds like to something to the effect of like apparently he asks him, is it a comedy? And then Jeremy Strong pauses for a moment and then responds like, what do you mean comedy? Comedy in the sense of and then um gives an example of something that's not particularly comedic or like super intellectual. I can't remember exactly what it is. So so the impression that you are given by the writer is that Jeremy Strong is like, no, no, this is serious. And maybe and I mean, maybe that's the case. I, I feel like maybe it's more like he takes his character seriously. I don't know, right? Um, and, and also, I want to make this clear, a yeah. lot of things that's happened to Jeremy Strong's character throughout the show from season one on, isn't particularly a funny thing exactly but (laughs) but there are parts that i have laughed at jeremy strong's character let's make this perfectly fucking clear (laughs) oh of course of course because at the end of the day like the thing about this show is it presents everything 100 percent seriously but for you to decide that you like the show you have to get to a certain breaking point and that breaking point is you realize that this is just so ridiculous that it cannot. It, it, they are parodying like whatever they are yeah. presenting, yeah. Here, right? And that was a thing that actually I kind of wasn't happy with because the start of this season. And to be honest, this is only nine episodes. I would say maybe six of those episodes I was very upset because it was you're just struggle. watching it. Right. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, this is just... They had things, but thing. it wasn't, like, as good as, like, back three, right? Yeah. Now, as soon as Alexander Skarsgård came in, in play, all of a sudden, this became the show that I remembered, <laughs> that I appreciated. Um, Skarsgård is great in this. Damien, you're never going to watch this, but I just want to say to you that Alexander Skarsgård plays the same character that he plays in War on Everyone. And um, that is... I mean, I would love to hear Damien's opinion if we get him to just watch the last three episodes of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Alexander Skarsgård, I love the character he's playing because he's, like, a mixture of the War and Everyone character, but he also is, like, uh, uh, behind it all, he's a genius. Like... They, he's some sort of tech guy that runs right. his own business. So clearly he's smart, right? He mm. knows how to do the tech things. But he presents as a moron in all other aspects of life. 
but in fact is a genius in all aspects of life. Um, and just the way he presents is hilarious. Um, you guys um, have to wait until the stench of Tony Soprano comes off me. <laughs> and then I will try again. Because I did watch one season of this. Yeah, I remember. Truly awful show. I remember. And came back to you guys and was like, yo, dog. Yeah. I know there's supposed to be jokes. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen any. Yeah. And you guys mumbled some nonsense to me. Um, what this feels like is um, punishment for when I got you guys to watch Girls Trip. <laughs> uh, is what it feels like. I know that's not what it's not what's actually happening because you two idiots are actually watching the show because mm-hmm. you if you guys were trying to trick me you'd have told me about the war and everything thing for the first six episodes of this season and not be like the first six episodes are abject rubbish <laughs> and no there's like three fun episodes um, but yeah man I still haven't finished Sopranos I've promised myself that in the first quarter of 2022, I'll f- watch that final season and that terrible movie. Oh, the terrible fucking movie. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie so yet. That, yeah, you oh, know sure why? Because so sucks. <laughs> I mean, the best thing about that movie is just spot the person making a shitty caricature of shitty characters from the shitty I, movie show. show. I, if they announced today a community movie, it wouldn't matter that the last two seasons were terrifyingly bad. You'd have watched it already. Oh, of course. If it was anywhere. Andrew can nod his head all, his one, all he wants. But <laughs> so much won't. so, I, I have a feeling I didn't actually finish Community. I don't <laughs> yeah, think I did because it got should. really bad. Yeah, and it um, went, But I would definitely at least try to watch that movie. At some point, a place that no one ever, even know if you, why Yahoo is still up. That uh, is still open. Um, but yeah, Andrew Robinson, I just wanted to talk to you about something. Um, I think you have seen Hand of God? No? All right. Andrew Robinson, when you, when you watch Hand it's, of it's God... It's definitely on my list to watch. Yeah. I saw it pop up on Netflix and I'm like, ooh, I want to watch this when movie. When you but... get to watch Hand of God, man, you need to have a fight. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Which way is this going? Like, is this you You, you really hate Paolo Sorrentino? Listen. Oh, I saw, yes, Hand yeah. of God is the new Sorrentino movie. Like, I saw um, this pop up and immediately was like, ooh, I want to watch this movie. We have seen, we reviewed The Great Beauty. I think yes. we reviewed Youth as well. Maybe. And Loro, and El Loro as well. We, I know right, we, we did, did uh, look, yeah. Yeah, we did, um... We've, I think we've all seen. Both oh, and we did one other actually. The Pope. one, the one where he's I still like haven't watched this show, a the Pope gangster shows. or something mm. like that. Yeah. Uh, Is it the consequence of love? Is that the one that we did? I, th- I don't think we. I think you, we had might have watched her, but we didn't do that for a podcast movie. Oh, okay. Um, no man, we did it for a podcast movie. Uh, anyways, uh. um. I am certain, man, you are going to fight about the handoff. <laughs> As a promise. Uh, because you're going to come on here. Do you track. like it, Damien? Uh, Douglas Robinson, 
you know I do not like this movie. Well, hey, <laughs> listen, you like the last one that he did, so I don't Doug, know. Douglas Robinson. I, it wouldn't need to be a fight if I like this movie. You've <laughs> seen the trailer for this. You know Andrew is going to love. Andrew is going to come on here and try and use his words to... My words. To <laughs> my, convince my, me. My $5 words. Yes. So you know what's funny? That I know that I am good. the one, I'm right? I'm going to fight you. I am the one that has been the diehard Paolo Sorrentino fan, yeah. right? Mm. So Damien has always generally been on the negative, but accidentally loved the last one about yes, history. My buck-ups, um, yeah. <laughs> Andrew has been, you know, up and down, but but Look, for me, it's the great there. beauty and nothing else. Exactly, really. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have, you know, been just one hundred percent, except for Eloro, because it's based on a true story. Come on, um, but. Weirdly, I tried watching The Great Beauty recently and had a pretty hard time getting into it. Yeah, man, but you're so tired. I'm actually you're not, wondering if you're not, I need to reassess my back. position. You're not back <laughs> to the regular Douglas, right? Like this is this, this is this, this is, is this the version is, of Douglas that wouldn't like like Marvel movies. <laughs> you're not out here. <laughs> you need you need some time off to reset and be like real Douglas again. And then this you'll is be true. Out here watching plastic bag jellyfish announcements. This is true. But before we continue, I I want to go back to Succession and just say that um, even though I absolutely hated the first, let's say it was six episodes of of this season, I have to give it to Jeremy Strong. I love Kendall Roy and I did enjoy watching, as much as I didn't really like the episodes, um, just watching him be him, right? Jeremy B. Kendall is something to behold. I mean, I mean, Tom is my favorite as always. Like Tom, I mean, like yeah. Tom is the foil. Because I he's love silly. In him and show. him and the Greg, other guy, Greg. Greg. Um, yeah. But Tom going through the he's going to go to jail <laughs> and just having to deal with that mental. Like my favorite was him going to like I can only imagine it was a Denny's and being like yeah. this is what prison food is. That I was to, so I fucking stupid. I train myself on this <laughs> like, food, really? and they're like. <laughs> like oh my god tom will forever be in my heart and it's so good <laughs> speaking of tom i did enjoy the strong implication of what tom did in the last episode <laughs> yes <laughs> and the worst part is that like i look at tom and to me right tom is definitely a person i wouldn't enjoy being around because mm-hmm. he looks like he'd be an asshole to me but looking at him in the group, he looks like the guy who does it because he thinks his friends are like that, as opposed to him sincerely being as much of a dirtbag as these yeah. Roy, these these Roy family is. Well, both and of them, him, him and Greg, have that same problem, right? right? They're the outsiders who are trying to fit in, and it hurts me so much to see Tom be hurt. Oh. <laughs> Every time Shiv says something bad. Oh, it's Aww. so much. <laughs> and, and, and she said something really bad this season. Oh, yes, she did. <laughs> and I've not forgiven her yet. Oh, yeah. And then the greatest part was when she doubled down on it. And was like, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... We, yeah. we we took over Damien's section of what he was talking about. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Damien, I'm not even sure if you're finished. We're, we're... I, was, I was done. I just thought okay. I was saving the fight for, fight for Andrew for last. Okay. I was even right, going so to let Douglas to... go ahead and then um, fight Andrew. 
But okay. yeah, I'm done. So yeah, yeah hand up, God. I've not watched it. Mm-hmm. I need to. Um, succession, Damien, I can't wait to hear your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a few things to talk about. Um, I will just start with a general group of shit that I shouldn't probably talk about. But a lot of what I've been doing in the last couple of weeks is the catch-up, right? So weirdly, I have watched a number of Spider-Man's movies. I have watched um, the Matrices. I also even watched the Venom movie, right? Uh, which, yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's what I want to hear about. I don't care about your opinion of Spider-Man. What's, yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to Venom? actually give any opinions just to say that I watched them. But I can say that I am now uh, wholeheartedly on the side of that first Venom movie is mediocre, right? It's it's fine. It's it's. But is it fine? Fine. No, it's it... it's it's on the bad side of mediocre. It is a generally a Sony made superhero movie. That's that's how I would describe Venom. Mm. You know. Um, so it's on the phone deep down. No, not on the phone. Like there are certain things about it I didn't mind, and I, I I think I liked it more, or perhaps disliked it less than I did when I first watched it. This time, I can appreciate it as a thing that if I still had cable and it showed up on TNT, perhaps I would let it continue, right? But it's not, you know, anything particularly great. I will try the second one and see what that looks like um in terms of catch-up as well um and also the fact that it is the greatest television show on the airwaves i have been watching and have no um started and i'm 100 caught up with the expanse the best show on television andrew you need to watch the expanse <laughs> i actually finished the last episode like either the day before or the morning that the first episode came out so i, well I was done, like sir. just in sync <laughs> well so, done. so that was great um so okay we can talk so about remind me again why mm-hmm. you didn't get to watch um the last duel because he was watching the expanse yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean the expanse is on television what you want me to do not watch the expanse <laughs> what seem, world are we living you here? seem confused <laughs> Just DVR it. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Fight you. Oh, yeah. Um, so I have also watched The Witcher. I'm probably halfway through this, this season. It is fine, as was the last season. Moving on with life. Uh, gentlemen, I watched a movie by the name of The Jungle Cruise. Um, yeah, you did. Yes, I did. This movie is exactly what I thought it would be. It's exactly what I needed. A bunch of garbage uh, presented to me by The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's spectacular. Yeah. I like this movie. Yeah. Um, it's not like top-notch rock, but it's, it's pretty Listen, good rock. Listen to me, man. I like it a lot. You wait till you see it when you're in like a better state of mind. <laughs> 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 I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's, it it's enjoyable. So much fun. It is. It is. Uh, that it could have been so bad. Oh yeah. And then you watch it and you're just like, all right, all right. You guys knew what you were making. <laughs> and it's fun. I love it. I love it so much. Yep. It is great. Uh, I also watched a couple things on Netflix. Um, Nicole Byer 
aka Lady Funches, did a stand-up special by the name of BBW. Yeah. I can't remember what it means, but it does not mean what you think it means. Mm-hmm. And I am sad to tell you that Lady Funches not funny. BBW stands for Big Beautiful Weirdo. Exactly. Not what you thought it was. Um, uh, it stands for Bad yeah. Bad Woman. Is yeah. What it stands it's, for. It's, it's, it's not very good. It's I bad. I got through maybe 15 minutes and had to stop it. It was bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Now, I did watch something else, though. A fellow that goes by the name of Russell Howard mm-hmm. has a stand-up special. It's actually two episodes. I'm still um, in the middle of the first one. It goes by the name of Lubricant. And I'm here to tell you, unless he does something very bad towards the end of it, this is pretty good. He is like... I guess I'd call him a British version of the machine. Like, his jokes are not particularly uh, intellectual, thought out. Like, they're, they're just dumb jokes. And they, some of them involve making voices, right? Some of them are just the, the base level of jokes. But I'm here to tell you that I am down with whatever that man is selling. Um, So much so that I've identified that he actually has some more specials on Netflix and have queued them up immediately. Uh, I really like the the first part of that special. It's really cool. Russell Howard. Give it a watch. And that's about it. I haven't seen the Russell Howard one because I'm not that big a fan of his. He's on a lot of like British panel stuff, Mm. but um, he's not one of like, I don't see him and get excited. I know that he's funny, but he's not. There's he's not standout. So um, yeah. I saw it and saw that it was multiple episodes, and watched The Witcher instead. Yeah, and that makes sense. When I even when I started, and he starts with the jokes, he starts with I'm like, oh, it's that. But maybe it's the mind state that I'm in, right? But like, it's the same thing with Burt Kreischer, the machine. His jokes are so dumb and not like they, they almost feel like he came out and he's just saying knock knock jokes right because they're 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 not like we're not talking about dave Chappelle, we're not talking about um schloss we're not talking about those folks who who you feel like they have a craft that they are doing and they're honing it right mm-hmm. this guy literally um walks around and is like that sounds funny and just yeah. says it yeah. like that or at least that's how it feels and obviously like i'm i'm putting him down but i'm sure he does a lot more work than that mm-hmm. and and the the simplicity of his jokes um are are something that is honed as well right he's but, a performer so, yeah yeah he's yeah. yeah but that's that's how i felt when i watched um watched this fellow russell howard like he mm-hmm. again his jokes were fairly simple and um easy to comprehend for us dumb folk (laughs) but it was it was great it was like refreshing that it was not like 
it didn't need to be more than it was. You know? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I, I also watched one other thing. I watched um, the Premier League go to absolute shit <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> I'm like dying yeah. to see what the news is tomorrow yeah. of them if they're going to shut it down. Yeah, because like They really should. They should. I mean, right? I feel like they won't because we live in the world that we live in, but they yeah. really should. This I mean, at the, at the very least, nonsense they should not have capacity crowds yeah. at those games. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and but. it's something I, I saw online where people were like talking about vaccination statuses, where they're like vaccination stats, where they're like Bundesliga, like ninety ninety-two percent. These are random numbers. They're like nineties, mm-hmm. La Liga nineties, France nineties, England sixty percent. Guess who's getting cancelled games <laughs> in their leagues? Bundesliga. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, quick question to um, Chelsea fans because we have one here present. Um, the fuck. Um, mm-hmm. we are bad. <laughs> Where's we? Lukaku? We've forgotten how to score, <laughs> and we've forgotten how to not let other people score. Uh, where's Lukaku? Where's Chilwell? He's at home feeling sick. Where's Kante? Um, like he's the guy, right? He's Kante the guy we've been came to. back this week. This, he's he played today. Just him look, and Kovacic. I'm so they're the, on the men. Thank I'm looking at the league table right now, and just so that we're clear. Driving this road down to paradise, letting the sunlight into my eyes. Our only plan is to improvise, and it's crystal clear. I don't ever want it to end If I had my way I would never leave Keep building the